This is TechCrunch. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This podcast is sponsored by Harvard Business School Executive Education. Fintech is revolutionizing finance. Join executives and disruptors at Harvard Business School's new program, Leveraging Fintech Innovation to Grow and Compete. Learn more at hbs.me slash fintech. Highlights from Zuckerberg's 20,000-word ethics talk by Josh Constein. Mark Zuckerberg says it might be right for Facebook to let people pay to not see ads, but that it would feel wrong to charge users for extra privacy controls. That's just one of the many fascinating philosophical views the CEO shared during the first of his public talks he's promised as part of his 2019 personal challenge. Talking to Harvard Law and computer science professor Jonathan Zittrain on the campus of the university he dropped out of, Zuckerberg managed to escape the 100-minute conversation with just a few gaffes. At one point, he said, We definitely don't want a society where there's a camera in everyone's living room watching the content of those conversations. Zittrain swiftly reminded him that's exactly what Facebook Portal is, and Zuckerberg tried to deflect by saying Portal's recordings would be encrypted. Later, Zuckerberg mentioned the ads in a lot of places are not even that different from the organic content in terms of the quality of what people are able to see, which is a pretty sad and derisive assessment of the personal photos and status updates people share. And when he suggested crowdsourcing fact-checking, Zitrin chimed in that this could become an avenue for astroturfing, where mobs of users provide purposefully biased information to promote their interests, like a political group supporting voting that their opponents' facts are lies. While sometimes avoiding hard stances on questions, Zuckerberg was otherwise relatively logical and coherent. Policy and Cooperating with Governments The CEO touched on his borderline content policy that quietly demotes posts that come close to breaking its policy against nudity, hate speech, etc., that otherwise are the most sensational and get the most distribution, but don't make people feel good. Zuckerberg noted some progress here, saying, quote, A lot of the things that we've done in the last year were focused on that problem, and it really improves the quality of the service, and people appreciate that. This aligns with Zuckerberg contemplating Facebook's role as a data fiduciary, where rather than necessarily giving in to users' urges or prioritizing its short-term share price, the company tries to do what's in the best long-term interest of its communities. There's a hard balance here, which is, I mean, if you're talking about what people want to want versus what they want You know, often people's revealed preferences of what they actually do shows a deeper sense of what they want than what they think they want to want, he said. Essentially, people might tap on clickbait even if it doesn't make them feel good. 
On working with governments, Zuckerberg explained how incentives weren't always aligned, like when law enforcement is monitoring someone accidentally dropping clues about their crimes and collaborators. The government and society might benefit from that continued surveillance, but Facebook might want to immediately suspend the account if it found out. But as you build up the relationships and trust, Zuckerberg said, you can get to that kind of a relationship where they can also flag for you, hey, this is where we're at, implying Facebook might purposefully allow that person to keep incriminating themselves to assist the authorities. But disagreements between governments can flare up. Zuckerberg notes that, quote, we've had employees thrown in jail because we haven't gotten court orders that we have to turn over data that we wouldn't probably anyway, but we can't because it's encrypted. That's likely a reference to the 2016 arrest of Facebook's VP for Latin America over WhatsApp's encryption preventing the company from providing evidence for a drug case. Decentralizing Facebook The trade-offs of encryption and decentralization were a central theme. He discussed how, while many people fear how encryption could mask illegal or offensive activity, Facebook doesn't have to peek at someone's actual content to determine they're violating policy. One of the, I guess somewhat surprising to me, findings of the last couple of years of working on content governance and enforcement is that it often is much more effective to identify fake accounts and bad actors upstream of them doing something bad by patterns of activity rather than looking at the content, Zuckerberg said. With Facebook rapidly building out a blockchain team to potentially lost a cryptocurrency for fee-less payments or an identity layer for decentralized applications, Zitrin asked about the potential for letting users control which other apps they give their profile information to without Facebook as an intermediary. Zuckerberg stressed that at Facebook's scale, moving to a less efficient distributed architecture would be extremely computationally intense, though it might eventually be possible. Instead, he said, One of the things that I've been thinking about a lot is a use of blockchain that I'm potentially interested in, although I haven't figured out a way to make this work out, is around authentication and bringing and basically granting access to your information and to different services. So basically, replacing the notion of what we have with Facebook Connect with something that's fully distributed. This might be attractive to developers who would know Facebook couldn't cut them off from the users. The problem is that if a developer was abusing users, Zuckerberg fears that, quote, in a fully distributed system, there would be no one who could cut off the developer's access. So the question is, if you have a fully distributed system, it dramatically empowers individuals on the one hand, but it really raises the stakes and it gets to your questions around, well, what are the boundaries on consent and how people can really actually effectively know that they're giving consent to an institution? No pay for privacy. But perhaps most novel and urgent were Zuckerberg's comments on the secondary questions raised by where Facebook should let people pay to remove ads. You start getting into a principal question, which is, are we going to let people pay to have different controls on data use than other people? And my answer to that is a hard no. 
Facebook has promised to always operate a free version so everyone can have a voice. Yet some, including myself, have suggested that a premium ad-free subscription to Facebook could help wean it off maximizing data collection and engagement, though it might break Facebook's revenue machine by pulling the most affluent and desired users out of the ad-targeting pool. What I'm saying is, on the data use, I don't believe that that's something that people should buy. I think the data principles that we have need to be uniformly available to everyone. That, to me, is a really important principle. It's like, maybe you could have a conversation about whether you should be able to pay and not see ads. That doesn't feel like a moral question to me, but the question of whether you can pay to have different privacy controls feels wrong. Back in May, Zuckerberg announced Facebook would build a clear history button in 2018 that deletes all the web browsing data the social network has collected about you, but that data's deep integration into the company's systems has delayed the launch. Research suggests users don't want the inconvenience of getting logged out of all their Facebook-connected services, though they'd like to hide certain data from the company. Clear history is a prerequisite, I think, for being able to do anything like subscriptions, because partially what someone would want to do if they were going to really actually pay for a not-ad-supported version where their data wasn't being used in a system like that, you would want to have a control so that Facebook didn't have access or wasn't using that data or associating it with your account. And as a principled matter, we are not going to just offer a control like that to people who pay. Of all the apologies, promises, and predictions Zuckerberg has made recently, this pledge might instill the most confidence. While some might think of Zuckerberg as a data tyrant out to absorb and exploit as much of our personal info as possible, there are at least lines he's not willing to cross. Facebook could try to charge you for privacy, but it won't. And given Facebook's dominance in social networking and messaging, plus Zuckerberg's voting control of the company, a greedier man could make the Internet much worse. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more— and they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.